Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. That's Wesley Chang. I'm Steven Sahoyas. We're here to break down everything you need to know from the world of fantasy football. And we're going to start this episode off with some draft strategy. Wes, right now, there's a few teams sitting out there, 4-0 and or 3-1. and They're off to a really hot start to the season. How should those teams start preparing and handling themselves as we move forward now? Congrats to you. If you're 4-0, you've probably avoided most of the big injury news, had some of your draft picks bang, and built up enough depth that you're able to swap in players in and out very easily. But now is not the time to take your foot off the gas pedal. There's probably a bunch of panicky managers in your leagues that are looking to make some moves to get themselves into the playoff hunt. This is the perfect opportunity for you to get some more top-tier players in some two-for-one deals. You want to look for players who are underperforming through the first four weeks. Any players that are historically known to have stronger second halves. Uh, rookies, rookies that you know are going to have a larger role come the playoff weeks. Or injuries, players who are coming back, but you know they're top tier. So here are some names to think about. Lamar Jackson's one of the best targets here. He's averaging 21 fantasy points up to this point. Last season, he averaged 28. He's somebody that you might be able to buy low on. Derrick Henry, always known as a historically slow starter. You can expect him to turn things up in the second half. And then Christian McCaffrey, Devonta Adams. Those are guys who right now are coming off of injury. You might have an owner out there who's not able to sit them on their bench. They need some wins immediately. If you got space, get those guys onto your team and then that can really pay off come the playoff weeks. On the flip side, Wes, you have teams that are 0-4, 1-3. These are desperate people, Wes. Desperate. They need wins now. So what do you do as a team that's struggling to get back on the positive side of the win column? My main advice to you guys, you cannot be stubborn at this point. If you're 0-4, you've probably been hit by some injury bad luck. And now you need to add some additional depth onto your team in order to get back into the playoff conversation. This is the type of uh, opportunity where you need to flip those trades. You need to be getting the two for ones and giving up some of these high performing players in order to accumulate more diversification onto your roster. So think players like George Kittle, Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Rodgers, players that are performing above expectations so far. You might actually have to let go of some of these guys in order to get some more players onto your team that can spread it out for you. So as an example, George Kittle, great performance in week four. But if someone's willing to offer you a trade like Mark Andrews and then Russell Wilson, even though you're giving up the best player in that trade, you have to click accept on something like that. And in the same breath, a player like Alvin Kamara. Now, it sounds crazy. He's the RB1 in leagues right now. I don't think if you're 0-4, you have him on your team anyways. But if you are in that situation, you might have to give up a player like Kamar and get something like Ezekiel Elliott, Stephon Diggs in return. At this point, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. And if you're able to get incremental value in a two-for-one trade like that, that is how you get yourself back into the playoff hunt. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices.
More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N to zone. On the subject of macro-level strategy, strength of schedule is something we haven't spoken about too much. Stevie, who are some teams that have some soft and some tough schedules ahead of us? Well, the first team that jumped out to me when we're talking about soft schedules over this next quarter of the season was the Los Angeles Chargers. They play the Saints, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jaguars. Not a very tough stretch of four opponents. And you start with the Saints upcoming in week five. They have not been the defense we are used to seeing from that team. They're giving up the fifth most yards per target to wide receivers. They're giving up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. They're giving up the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So this is a group that outside of the run defense hasn't looked very good. And then you obviously get into the Jets, the Dolphins and Jaguars, teams that just aren't very good, which are going to play into the hands of the Chargers and players like Keenan Allen, who is already wide receiver 15 in fantasy football through three weeks or excuse me, through four weeks. And then you also have a guy that I would be trying to buy low on right now. And that's Hunter Henry at tight end, because as I mentioned, the Saints, his upcoming week five matchup are the second best matchup for tight ends in fantasy football. And Henry hasn't been awful. He just hasn't found the back of the end zone. This also makes players like Justin Herberts and Joshua Kelly, who will now be filling in for Austin Eckler, more appealing fantasy options. I could see Herbert definitely flirting with wider, excuse me, quarterback one numbers going forward. The next team I want to talk about that has a really nice schedule upcoming is the Carolina Panthers. And really outside of a week six date against the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers schedule shapes up really nicely moving forward. As I mentioned, the New Orleans Saints are not the same defense we've seen in previous years. They get the Saints in week seven, but the next four games are bookended by a couple of matchups against the Atlanta Falcons, who have just been one of the worst defensive units in every single measurable way in 2020. And that makes a player like DJ Moore a appetizing and interesting by low target in fantasy football because he hasn't produced the way we are accustomed to seeing DJ Moore perform. We got to remember, this is a former first round pick who posted over a thousand receiving yards last year. And while the production hasn't been there, he still leads the Panthers in a wide margin in air yards. So he's still a heavily involved piece of this offense that should continue that way moving forward. The schedule also helps someone like Mike Davis, who if you're using him right now to plug and patch a gap at running back too. He can get those matchups going forward that will get him fantasy points. And additionally, on the Panthers, you're going to keep up rolling out guys like Robbie Anderson, who has done nothing but perform so far and looks really comfortable with quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, who also will factor into that low-end QB1 range over these next four weeks because the matchups are really good. On the flip side, some tough schedules ahead. The Broncos have the Pats, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and a bye week coming up in week eight. What do you feel about some of these teams that you might have to play uh, on the bench? Well, looking at this schedule, the first thing that came to my mind was sell on Melvin Gordon. He just had that massive game against the New York Jets, and it was against the Jets. So like I say all the time, you take it with a grain of salt, but that nonetheless means you should be trying to trade him. And another concern for Gordon is that Philip Lindsay was very close to suiting up in that Thursday night matchup, which means his return is coming soon. So really sell high 
on Melvin Gordon. And other than that, there's not a whole lot of interesting fantasy pieces on the Broncos. Jerry Judy, I expect him to take on a bigger role moving forward. I still think he'll be okay as your wide receiver three flex option moving forward in, in deeper leagues, but really nothing more than that. Tim Patrick, if you got to patch a hole during one of these bye weeks because of you know the absences during this stretch, he makes sense. But really the matchups and the game scripts don't favor the run game, and that's why Melvin Gordon is one of my top sell-high candidates moving into this week. Yeah, I'm worried about the schedule specifically for Josh Jacobs because, as we mentioned, game script is an important part. And you look in that schedule, you see a matchup against the Chiefs on the horizon. That's not very good. He also has a bye week. And then they play Tampa Bay, who's had one of the best run defenses in the NFL. That team is for real defensively, especially when stopping the run. And Jacobs hasn't found the end zone since week one. We had that big celebration because he scored three times, but he hasn't sniffed the end zone since. So that's a concern as a Jacobs fantasy manager. And to your point earlier, Wes, when you're talking about teams that are struggling and you need to kind of sell high on some of these big name players, Jacobs might be one of those guys too that you trade because the schedule moving forward will not help you pick up wins immediately, which is what you need to do in an 0-4 or 1-3 situation. Welcome back to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're now going to review some of the top options available in your league on the waiver wire. And Wes, you're going to kick it off with a couple of chargers who are oozing with fantasy potential heading into week five. So we're kind of cheating here. Joshua Kelly is owned in 54% of Yahoo leagues, but he still has to be the top ad given the Oslin Eckler news. Eckler, he's out four to six weeks. But even with this injury in mind, I want to spotlight the fact that Kelly had been splitting a lot of the snaps from the halfback position with Eckler. Now, he had two fumbles over the last two games, so there are some concerns there with ball security. But he's graded really well as a rusher, and he's been surprisingly effective as a receiver. With that soft schedule that you mentioned just earlier, there's a good opportunity for Kelly here to really take on the lion's share of the opportunities and give you some short-term value from the running back position. But as you mentioned, the second priority ad is going to go Justin Herbert. Now, he's a little bit lower down there. He's owned in under 20% of Yahoo leagues currently. But I want to point out the fact that he really stood in the pocket there going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. He's put up back-to-back 300-yard performances, the third-ever rookie quarterback to do that in the history of the NFL. Herbert's the ultimate dart throw here. If Anthony Lynn does decide to let him to continue on, even if Taylor returns, this could be one of those long shot plays that could really pay off come the fantasy playoff weeks. Diving a little deeper, Stevie, I know you got some players that you really want to spotlight for teams in maybe 12 or 14 team leagues. Yeah, the first guy is a tight end who if you need a tight end, go out and add him. I don't care if he's got a bye week this week, but Robert Tanya. Robbie Tanyan, who scored a hat-trick on Monday Night Football against the Falcons, scoring not one, not two, but three touchdowns, is worth an add and stash through his Week 5 bye week because he has emerged as the go-to red zone target in this Green Bay Packers offense. And I see this continuing even when Devontae Adams returns to the lineup post-bye week. He looked really good 
on Monday night. And that's the third straight week that he has scored a touchdown. So Robert Tanya, if you are in need of a tight end, can fit that role. He is a low-end to mid-range tight end one the rest of the way. Next up is a player who's not as flashy as Robert Tanya, but if you are really looking to patch up some of these holes over the bye week, Tim Patrick of the Denver Broncos will be able to suffice. He looked good against the Jets on Thursday Night Football, grabbing six balls for over 100 yards and the score. And it really seems like he's emerging as the guy who's going to replace Cortland Sutton as the ex-receiver in the Broncos offense. I expect Jerry Judy to get more involved, but with injuries to Noah Fant and obviously, as mentioned, the injury to Cortland Sutton, I think there is a good chance that Tim Patrick can at least get some decent volume moving forward, which is what you're looking for when you're trying to fill out that wide receiver two flex spot during those bye weeks. The last player I'm going to recommend is a deep league stash and Wes, you know how I feel about the New York Jets, so you know this is someone who I am really high on if I'm willing to go out and recommend this guy. But Denzel Mims, the second-round pick from the New York Jets 2020 draft class, is coming back soon from a hamstring injury. And this guy dominated at the college level while playing at Baylor. And I've got an athleticism through the roof club. This guy is a gold card member. He is a size-speed mismatch for opposing DBs. He's 6'3", and he ran a sub 4440 at the NFL Combine. So he is one of those rare size-speed blends at wide receiver. And the Jets, we've watched them. It's been four weeks. We know they are in desperate need of a playmaker, someone who can do something on offense. We can't expect Sam Darnold to be rushing 40-yard-plus touchdowns every single week, and I think Denzel Mims can finally emerge as the first true ex-wide receiver that Sam Darnold has had really in his entire career. Of course, there's always the, the factor that he plays for the Jets and, and under coach head coach Adam Gase. Things might not go according to plan because that just seems how things go under head coach Adam Gase, but I really do think Denzel Mims has the tools to be a difference maker. So this is someone who you pick up and maybe he doesn't get it done in week five, but you stash him on your bench and you see what he's able to do over the second half of the season. Now that we're four weeks through, we want to take a look at some of the players that have been drafted in 100% of Yahoo leagues who are up for consideration as a drop candidate. So out of the quarterback position, Stevie, you got Carson Wentz to discuss here. Yeah, it's got to be Carson Wentz. And I know he had a, an all right performance against, you know, what was left of the San Francisco 49ers defense after injuries decimated them through the first three weeks. But you look ahead at these two upcoming matchups. He plays against the Steelers and against the Ravens. Those are not fun defenses to go and battle against. And he has the second worst passer rating only ahead of Brett Rippon, the third-string quarterback on the Denver Broncos. Coincidentally, they both have one win as well. So Carson Wentz, to me, is someone who is a clear drop at the quarterback position. Yeah, for me, talking about the running back position, Mark Ingram was drafted in 100% of the leagues, but he's got to be somebody you're looking at replacing. 
in this season, he's only getting 42% of the running back touches. Last season, he had over 50% of those. And then in every single running back category you can think of, he is the third on the team behind Edwards and Dobbins. Last but not least, Pro Football Focus has Ingram rated as the third worst running back currently in the NFL. If you can find a viable replacement, take the option now. Make sure you get uh, Ingram off your team. The wide receiver that I recommend fantasy managers feel free about dropping is A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's just clear that Joe Burrow does not have enough time to hit A.J. Green on these deep passes. Everyone looks at A.J. Green and says, look, he's got all these air yards. But you also have to contextualize that stat. Joe Burrow does not have an offensive line that will let him step into a pass and really shoot it downfield. And that's where Joe, excuse me, A.J. Green is most effective. And we're just seeing that Burrow has established this connection with T. Higgins. And actually, Scott Pianowski from Yahoo made this analogy about A.J. Green. It's like, once the cheese goes bad, it doesn't come back. It's, it's done. And that might be the case with A.J. Green, who's battled injuries over the last couple of seasons. He just might not be the same player we remember him the last time he was able to play a full, healthy season. Last but not least, at the tight end position, I'm recommending looking for replacements for Jared Cook. In his age 33 season, the decline is coming, and there just probably is going to be better high upside options on the wire. He only has a 10.8 target share on the New Orleans Saints, and this is all while Michael Thomas has been out with his injury. The emergence of Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders as other red zone options have really sapped away at the value Cook will ultimately give you. PFF has him rated as the 49th tight end in the NFL right now. There's got to be somebody better out there that can give you both target share upside and touchdown upside going into the final nine weeks of the season. That's going to do it for this episode of the lineup on Yahoo Sports. And if you want to keep up with everything related to the show, follow us on Instagram at Yahoo Sports CA. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well. For Wesley Chang, I'm Steven Sahoyes. Don't forget to set your lineup.